And welcome guys to the next episode of the Heat Locker. My name's Luke. I'm the head coach and instructor here at Sydney West Martial Arts. And uh, this will be now our third, I think, our, yeah, a third official episode. This one's only going to be short. We haven't got a guest today. We were supposed to have one last week. It, uh, things just got crazy and we couldn't get it out. So we apologize. Well, I apologize. My goal is to put out a weekly podcast for you guys for some content. So you've got stuff to listen to while you're doing stuff at work or driving in the car. So today's going to be pretty quick. I'm just going to go through a few things that hopefully you guys will find interesting. Um, so we we have uh, becoming grown up now. We have a we have a sponsor of the podcast. Obviously, Sydney West Martial Arts, number one place to train uh, jiu-jitsu and mixed martial arts in in the Penrith region. We're uh, obviously being backed by by the gym. But also, we now have a clothing company that's come on board. There are a, uh, there's some guys out of Sydney. They they train at my coach's gym. Fantastic people. Uh, and we really sort of hope they do well. Um, Endless Combat is the name of the company. So Endless, you may have seen some of their stuff around at the local competitions. They do rash guards. They do compression wear. They do um, clothing, hats, jumpers, you name it. Uh, jump on their website. Uh, their web website is endlesscombat.com, and uh, yeah, those guys are looking after us. What we're going to do is actually we're going to give away one of their pretty sweet rush guards. So, what you have to do is you have to share the podcast on your social media, and you need to tag uh, Sydney West Martial Arts in that, so that we actually know that you've shared it, and we'll um, we'll find you, and we're going to do a draw with everyone who has uh, shared shared the uh, podcast. So hopefully more people start to want to listen to it. And uh, yeah, the winner will get a rash guard from Endless in, in their size. So that's a little bit exciting. Uh, but basically, yeah, those guys, so just again, Endless Combat, uh, they manufacture streetwear, technical apparel for just like we teach you at the gym, MMA and BJJ, uh, rash guards, no gi, MMA shorts, ladies and kids as well. So jump on their website. And if you do happen to buy something and you found uh, you found them via us, you can also use a promo code. So if you use a promo code of uh, SWMA, so it's the promo code uh, again. Let me confirm that so I don't get that wrong. The promo code will be... Hmm, Ah, sorry, my mistake, guys. Disregard what I said. Heat Locker 10. Heat Locker 10. We'll get you 10% off what are you buying, and we'll um, you know look after look up look after us and let them know that you're coming back through through this avenue. All right, so that's uh, that's out of the way. This past weekend, I competed in Coffs Harbour. Uh, those that don't know me, I'm a, I'm a jiu-jitsu black belt. I focus on submission grappling fairly heavily. And uh, you know, just been trying as the as the local tournaments are starting to pick up on that a little bit more. They're starting to do things like invitationals, where to draw attra- attention to their tournament. They're they're adding into invitational stuff where they get some some good guys together and and put a bit of a uh, some matches together. And I've been lucky enough to get invited to a, a few of those lately. And you know, the plan is to continue in that direction. I uh, had quite a tough bracket from from some good guys up north. So we're in Sydney, so up north of us is Coffs Harbour, about six hours, sort of halfway between Sydney and, and Brisbane. 
had, had two other good black belts and uh, and then also a brown belt that was a you know quite a sharp leg lock player in the division as well. Um, unfortunately, I lost my first match. I was feeling great, everything was good. Just went out there a little bit too relaxed, allowed to uh, be head snapped and into a front headlock type position. Ended up sort of under half in that semi arming guillotine. Felt fine. Long story short, I ended up getting uh, getting choked. So I'm a little bit disappointed about that. I then uh, had a match for third and ended up winning that in in, in overtime uh, by back choke. But uh, you know. Each competition is just another chance to learn, and I definitely learned on on something that uh, I wasn't aware of. So, so I'm pretty happy about that. But I wanted to I wanted to talk today about competition nerves because I know it's something that bothers a lot of people. I mean, it bothers me. I think it bothers I think it bothers everybody. I think if you just say it doesn't bother you, I think maybe you're just trying to act tough. Maybe you're just trying to act cool. Uh, or maybe you're just completely mad. Maybe there's a few people who are completely mad and it doesn't bother them, but I think if it means something to you, I think if it's something you want to do well at, yeah, th those, those nerves, the anxiety definitely comes into it. It's more, I think it's more so wanting to perform. It's more performance anxiety than it is being scared. So you, you need to remind yourself, it's not that you're scared, it's probably that you, you, you have a degree of um, you know, self-worth on what you're doing here. And that's making you a little bit anxious. And really, this is not just this can't just be applied for for a jiu-jitsu match or a mixed martial arts fight. Or um, you know, this really works for. I often say to people, like a job interview or anything where you've got to go and something's organised and you've got to prepare for it and you've got to go and do it and it's on you to perform. Really, it's the same sort of feelings. And they're a feeling that a lot of us maybe that have, especially those that have played. Played uh, team sports. See, I played, I played soccer and I played baseball as a as a younger gentleman, and and really right up until I started jiu jitsu at sort of eighteen nineteen, that's what I was doing, and nothing compares. Like the team sport aspect, it just doesn't compare. I mean, maybe in baseball when it's just you at the plate and you and you're you're batting, or if you're pitching and it's just on you, but there's still that you know there's that team there for you. When it comes to individual sports and particularly combat sports judo jiu-jitsu boxing mixed martial arts you name it it's all on you if, you if you go out there and you underperform or you freak out or you whatever it's all on you it will do really well it's all on you and that's why it is such a beautiful thing and i think that's why people tend to keep gravitating towards it is because it's it's like that roller coaster ride it's like once you get off you're like geez i, I want to do it again but that lead up that mindset leading up I think sort of can haunt a lot of us and sometimes can, can take away from your performance on the day or what it can do is take away the enjoyment where that carrot at the end of the competition and that, that, that high feeling afterwards is just not enough to balance out how people get themselves in a hole beforehand with the nerves. So I think the better that we can all learn to deal with that, the better, the better you can perform, but the more you can just enjoy it enjoy the the aspect of just competing um you know i'm i'm a coach so i have plenty of people having their first competition right through to people competing for the you know you name it you know, numerous numerous times uh i've competed a bunch now since i was a white belt I, I don't know how many times to put a number on it but but lots and 
I still experience, and I'll just talk from my point of view, I still experience, definitely experience nerves, experience anxiety coming up. Um, I, I don't know, I think anxiety is probably looked at as a, a really negative term. It's like you've got something wrong with you, but it's just being, being worried about something. And um, Marcel Garcia only did a talk with his students just recently. They, uh, they've been competing a fair bit. And Marcelo said to his students, and this is sort of a 10-minute speech broken down to, to a couple of sentences, but the basics was that you just need to remind yourself that this is something that you do every day and it's something that you love to do. Now, when you get on the mat and, and uh, it's time to wrestle and shake hands with your training partner and off you go, there's probably very little to no nerves at that point. You know that person, you've trained with them before, but... You're just doing your you're doing your thing and you flow and you you probably have your best round you probably have your best rounds and your best skill skill uh, you know you show the best skill probably in the training room and it's those guys those special guys and girls or those special people that can that can go out on the competition mat or competition venue and deliver what they do in the training room and sometimes even better that's what can stand apart someone who's a really you know, a great champion as opposed to just a high-level player. Um, even myself, even myself, I found myself just in, in the weekend competing. Not even, uh, and I and I felt I felt good, and I, I didn't feel like nerves were holding me up, but I still felt like I didn't compete how I can do in the gym because there's that extra. You know, you're playing for all the marbles now. There's that little bit of extra. If you lose, you lose here. That's it. It's not like in the gym you you get submitted and you move on or a position doesn't work out, it's fine. In that comp, it's like it doesn't, doesn't happen, you get submitted, that's it. So what, what it sort of does for me sometimes is pushing me into a bit of a, sh bit of a shell where I don't perform how I think I should. And, uh, and I think that's maybe something for me to learn and, and maybe if you're sitting there listening at home and thinking the same thing, maybe that's something where you know, we've just got to be willing to, with, with, with great risk comes great reward. Uh, if you if you put it out there, like I, I keep thinking of a Gary Tonin when I think about this, like Gary Tonin, the stuff he does and goes for in a, in a match is is just unbelievable, and you think there's just no fear. He's not he's not thinking, oh, but what if what if the guy counters and does this and what he just he just reacts and he does it, and before you know it, you know your opponent's not worrying about, well, what if he counters? He, he's having to deal with what you've just provided him. And uh, you know sometimes what you provide them can be too much, and I think that's something to learn is just you've got to have confidence in your own ability, and you've just got to do it. Sometimes you've just got to do it in, in the match. Um, going back to the sort of pre-match jitters, Marcelo's words of just remind yourself that it's something you do every day and it's something you love. Sort of put me at ease a little bit, even coming up to this 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 competition. Like uh, you, you'll find. A lot of people don't want to commit to competing, and I feel like a lot of the time the reason they don't want to commit, and and what the, the general answer is from your average guy in the gym, uh, you know, are you going to compete? Oh yeah, I've just got to, I've just got to see if I got it off work, or I've got to see if I can do it with the missus or the kids. Or I've got to, I just got to make sure, and and what they all are is I'm sure they're legitimate, they're legitimate concerns, but what I think they mainly are is if you don't commit in your mind 100%, you don't have as much of that anxiety. As soon as you actually commit, your name goes onto the registration form, it says you've entered, congratulations, 
you know now there's a countdown clock till that time of, of day on that uh, until that date that you're preparing for a combat sort of scenario whether it's jujitsu or not it's still still that same sort of thing it's going to be you going there having to perform on that day and uh, and that can play with your mind it definitely can and I think the better you learn to deal with that the more fun the whole process becomes and, and it legitimately can become something you just be can be fun something you can be proud of in the future and look back on and, and know that you push yourself outside of your boundaries it's really easy. It's really easy to stay inside your fences where you know you're safe. Don't push it. Yep, I know I'm good here. Uh, if I don't compete, I can't lose. I'm not going to be freaked out. And nobody actually admits that, but what they say, what their, their code words they use are, oh, you know, oh, I'm too busy with work. I, I've got this on. I've got that on. Um, I just don't really like competition. That's not my thing. Whatever it is. And, and here's the thing. I'm not saying everybody has to compete. Not at all. But I feel like there's a lot of people that maybe either haven't given it the chance or will just allow those feelings to stand in front of them doing something that they might actually enjoy and might actually be really good at. Uh, competition makes you test yourself. It really does. It really, like coming in and doing something like jiu-jitsu will, will change who you are. It changes how you look at things and how you do things. But competing just pushes it to that next level. You're going against people you don't know. You're going into a foreign environment sometimes. You're, you're, you're going in against someone who wants to impose their will on you and the only way for them to get to victory is through your defeat. And that's very different than running out on a soccer field or football field or hockey field or whatever it is. It's very different. I mean, I can say that just because I've experienced both. Um, so I think if you can apply Marcelo's words, remember it's something that you do every day and it's something you love doing. You don't get freaked out before you have a role in the gym. And if you can apply that and get yourself to think along those lines, you're going to be able to go out there and perform a lot better. And uh, and and I had nearly no nerves coming up to this. Uh, you know, By the time we got around to match day, I felt good. I woke up. I, I was ready to go. I had a great warm-up. Everything was good. There was no, there was no jitters. And, and I've been, been uh, you know, better at this because it's something you get with experience. Um, I think you've got to learn to not put too much on yourself. So as a coach, it's easy for me to put too much on myself, meaning all the pressure of all, all my students and the academy and wanting to do well for everybody. And before you know it, you're just adding all this extra weight on your shoulders that you don't need. That's not going to make any difference to you doing well, but it probably will make a difference to you doing not so well. Now everyone listening might say, well, I don't have my own gym, I don't have... But you, you're probably fine. There's, there's some type of weight you're putting on your shoulders. Maybe... Maybe have a think to yourself, what, are the, what is that weight you're putting on your shoulders and how can I discard it? Um, do I need to be carrying it? Most of the time you'll probably say no. All you need to really be carrying in there is your, you know, your skills and your technique and, and your will to just keep going forward and try and win and, and your, what you've done in the training room. Um, you don't need to carry all that extra stuff. There's, there's no need for it at all. So, I mean, we, we, it's, a, it's a subject that could be talked about for hours, but... I think that if we can keep it simple, I think you just need to, one is you need to take the plunge, and then once you've taken the plunge, you need to prepare properly. That's another way that you're going to feel, you're going to feel ready, and you're going to feel confident is by knowing that you've done the right things. But each time that it comes into your mind, so uh, common thing with guys that are coming up to fights, but it all, I find it happens with jiu-jitsu matches too, 
you're coming up to it, you're going to bed at night, and for some reason your brain decides <clears throat> you need to think about that upcoming match. That's what you need to think about is that what, what what's your opponent going to do, what a monster he might be, you know, is he going to choke me out, is he going to tear my legs off, is he going to... You can come up with any stuff in your head. I think thinking about it and, and sort of running through in your mind about your, your competition is a good thing. But as soon as it starts to become too much and you feel like you're giving yourself that adrenaline, you're giving yourself that dump, you're feeling that, that butterfly feeling, it's now you're sort of preparing for fight or flight, but there is no fight to be had. And all you're doing now is wasting energy for no reason. And that feeling, that feeling becomes something you don't like. So the next time you think about it, you get it again. And then before you know it, you go, this competition stuff sucks. It makes me feel too bad. I'm not going to do it. So... So what I try to do is, it's still going to creep into your mind. That's that's how it's going to happen. But each time it creeps in, remind yourself that I'm, I'm, I'm training, I'm doing all the right things. And this is something that I love to do, that I do every day. I'm going to step on that mat, and it's 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 really it's really not that far different from the training room. Uh, especially if you're in a room where you guys are training correctly, training the right stuff, and training at a good level and a good uh, intensity. You're going to find that it's not going to be... It's not going to be too much, too much more come competition time. So I hope that makes sense. I want to do. Um, I wanted to talk about that a little bit. The other thing I really want to talk about. This is a subject that I could go on for hours, but I won't. I'm just going to go through a couple of things. Is hygiene um, around uh, the academy, meaning personal and and just general hygiene. Um, we're we're doing martial arts where we're on top of each other we're wrestling we're grappling we're punching kicking we're in contact with your training partner it's not like we're playing chess where you could be a complete grub but you're sitting across the table apart from maybe a bad smell your 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 opponent's not going to be bothered by you too much you're directly going to be on top of a training partner and multiple training partners throughout your your training day you know each day so let's talk about Getting routine as far as your hygiene is concerned. There's going to be a few different components to it, but you should have like a weekly routine. So my weekly routine is every Monday, every Monday I cut my toenails and my fingernails. Not, oh, I, I just look at them and see when they need it. Every Monday I get my clippers out and I cut my fingernails and my toenails. Now if they, I guarantee your fingernails will be long enough where they need to be cut and your toenails you may look at and think, okay, they're okay or maybe I trim them, but Make sure when you cut them, you're not biting them. You make sure you don't cut them into points. You want them nice and round and smooth on the edges. This sounds like stuff for little babies, but you would be surprised. Probably 50% of people still get it wrong. Don't cut your toenails so they're all jagged, so they still shank your partner like a like a knife. There is no exception for it, okay? Um, Mike Winklejohn, who's one of the most famous striking coaches, um, of UFC fighters, he's John Jones's coach. He's he's uh, teaches out of Albuquerque with Greg Jackson. He famously actually lost um, sight out of one of his eyes, uh, holding pads for a guy who threw a high kick. I'm sure it was holding pads. Threw a high kick, um, grazed across the front of his eye with his uh, with the with his opponent's um, toenail and uh, scratched his retina. I want to say cornea retina. Scratched his eye to the point where he doesn't have vision out of one of, his, one of his eyes. And now, whenever he holds pads, he actually wears like clear glasses because he can't take the chance of it happening again. He loses sight completely. So that's that's how dangerous it is. You could you can hurt your opponent 
seriously, just with the use of your sharp fingernails and toenails, let alone the fact that there's nothing worse than going home and all your hands and feet are scratched because somebody's been grabbing at them. Um, I don't, uh, you know, being a black belt and being a coach, I don't wrestle with white belts as much. I spend a lot of time wrestling my color belts. So those guys are on top of their hygiene, but I remember, and if I do, I go, if I go and wrestle some white belts, you can guarantee normally I'm going to go home that night and I'm going to have scratches over the back of my neck and I'm going to have them over my hands and it's it's totally unacceptable, all right? So if you think this is you that, that sort of just lets it go and oh, I do it every now and again, I just do it, that's not on. Get some clippers, get some cutters, put them in your training bag. They live in your training bag, cut them religiously. Don't cut them in the gym and leave your toenails everywhere. Be hygienic, put them in the bin and um, that will make a big difference. The next thing is just keeping your personal body clean. If you come to training and you've done a job where you're uh, you know, of the physical nature, let's say you work on a job site, I say to the guys, jump in the shower before class. It takes two minutes. Have a quick rinse off and, and freshen up. It, 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 you'll feel better for it, but your training partners will feel better for it. And this is how we stop things like ringworm and staff and all these other yuck stuff that can happen just as an, as an amalgamation of, of general um, lack of hygiene. So if you rock up and you've, you've been doing a physical job, don't just think a bit of bit of uh, BO basher and you'll be right to jump on the mat. That's not on. Have a shower, get yourself ready. If your academy doesn't have a shower, I mean, there's only so much you can do, but most of the places nowadays have got something that's available. Um, when you wash in the shower, I always make sure I use a proper, um, like any bacterial soap, I actually use defense soap. Most of the high level guys around in, in MMA and Jiu Jitsu like that stuff. Um, there was also, um, a, a young Australian guy who was a friend of mine. Uh, he uh, he started up his brand called Full Guard. We were using that while he still had that product going. Um, and if and if he brings it back out, by all means, we'll be we'll be going back with him. Um, but you need a proper body wash created or, or soap dish um, soap bar made for what we're doing. Um, I find general soap is just not enough. So even if it's just post training, you use that. That's fine. But if not, use it all the time. Um, Obviously, keeping your hair clean and tidy. For the girls, keeping your hair up and tied up when you train is, is just more of a, not so much a hygiene thing, but more so probably just to stop your hair getting pulled out as well. Um, then it comes to your gear. And your gear ranges from everything, from your underwear right through to your gi, right through to your no-gi stuff, right through to your gloves and shin guards. So, you know, obviously, underwear is a must. You, you, there is no, it's not optional. It's not like, oh, you know, I like to free ball it. That, that's, that's not cool. I think most of us know that, but you'd be surprised with beginners. They, they're not too sure sometimes, so please remember that. Um, as far as your clothing, get the right stuff. Talk to your coach. They'll tell you what they want you to wear for class. If it's a particular color, you get that. As far as your hygiene butt, your hygiene needs to be every time that gi is worn, it's freshly cleaned and it's dried well. Not it's been sitting in the back of the car for a fortnight and it's a little bit wet and it stinks like you know, an old homeless dude. Uh, in my academy... I'm really strict on this stuff. If I have people continuously come up to me and, and, and say, look, this guy's un untidy, this guy stinks, I've got no hesitation in talking to that individual. And I think all coaches should because it's for the greater good. You know, Five people are having a bad night because they've got to wrestle with this one person who's got issues with their hygiene. As far as I'm concerned, that person needs to be spoken to. And, and I think most coaches are pretty good with that. So your gi must be clean. Now, as far as how you clean your gi... Throw it in the wash as soon as you get home. Don't sit it in the sh in the 
in the back of your car for a, for a week. Don't sit it in the laundry. Take it straight home. Put it in the washing machine. Buy the, the, the stuff I'm using at the moment that's fantastic. It's called Caniston. And it's a white, it's in the laundry aisle. It's a white sort of one liter container with a yellow lid. Find it. It's an antibacterial wash. It doesn't make it greasy or anything like that. It seems to kill everything. It leaves a relatively nice smell. Um, you can hot wash your training gear if you find that it's not, it's still coming out smelly. But just be careful with hot wash. It will, uh, some, some garments will shrink quite heavily. So I don't hot wash any of my show your old geese. But for instance, if I've got, let's say, an old rash guard um, that, that wasn't still smelling nice when you bought it out of the wash, try putting your wash on with a, with a hot um, temperature through, this, through the cycle. Just have a look at your machine. Um, definitely, uh, if you can, try to air dry all your training. And even better than air dry is air drying outside in the sun. So if you've got a veranda or something, you can only put it on the clothes area, that's fine. But if you can get it outside on a clothesline where it goes in the sun, that seems to be the best way to get rid of any smells and any bacteria and anything that's on it. Um, as far as your belt, this is a, you know, I'm not even going to get into the argument today. Some people wash their belt, some people don't. What I will say is at least air your belt out. At least hang your belt out on the line and get some sun on it. Um, if you like to wash your belt, by all means, throw it in with your gi. They do tend to shrink a fair bit over time and get worn down. Um... If you're a sweaty individual and you sweat so much that your belt is wet after training, I don't think it's even an option for you. I think you have to definitely put your belt in the wash as well. Uh, rash guards, uh, board shorts, tights, all that sort of business. Again, I find they handle pretty well a hot wash. They don't tend to shrink as much. Um, and if, if every few cycles you can put them in a hot wash, you'll find you'll kill a bit of stuff. Keep them in the sun. You shouldn't have too many issues there. If you're getting to a point where you just think to yourself, I can't get this smell out, it probably is telling you it's time for that piece of clothing to go in the bin. Uh, I see people wearing training clothes, shorts or rash guards that they've had for five plus years. It's not a badge of honor. It's not something you should be proud of. That piece of clothing, if you're training like you should be, it's probably been worn thousands of times. It's time for it to go. All right. There's nothing, oh, I've got this one. It really means a lot to me. I, I bought it when I was traveling in LA. At some point, you just need to say goodbye to things. And uh, normally when you just can't get them clean anymore, that's time. Obviously, any holes, rips, tears, they need to go straight away. Things like that are what catches people's fingers and toes and people get you know, people get injured. Um, now, if we come back down to the your training, uh, your training equipment. So, uh, for jiu-jitsu, obviously, mouth guard. Keep it nicely um, washed. Wash it under hot water, not boiling water. You'll find it will change your mold. Um, wash it under water. Um, denture cleaner I found is quite good if you put it in, in like a cup with denture cleaner in it every so often. Don't just take it out of your mouth and whack it back in your mouth guard case and then put it back in next time you train. You think about how much bacteria is in your mouth. That's super gross and, and just there's just no excuse for it. And again, it doesn't come back to whether you care or not. It comes back to you've got training partners that have to train directly with you. And if you've got a mouth guard in that's been in and out of your mouth and hasn't been washed for a month, you can imagine the smell of it and, 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 and the other stuff. So just you know, be courteous with your training partners. Um, as far as training accessories like gloves and groin guards and shin guards and obviously knee guards and elbow pads, things like that, if you wear them when you do jiu-jitsu, they have to be washed every time. There's no excuse for not washing them. There's not, oh, 
they're not my geese, so I'll just wash them every couple of times. Wash them every time. Um, as far as boxing gloves, shin guards, they need to be aired out. So you can't just stuff them in your gym bag, soaking wet from 10 rounds of sparring, and then get them out again in the next three days when you're ready to spar again. The things that will grow on them in the nice, dark, warm bag, especially if you throw your bag in your work unit or wherever you put it, have a think about what's happening with that. Now, you might, again, you might go, I don't care, I'm fine. Yeah, but those gloves are going to touch someone else's body, someone else's face, those shin guards. It's just, it's not on. And the other thing is all that sweat and everything starts to really break break the material down. And you start to get a pair of gloves or a pair of shin guards that you know should last you maybe a couple of years that they're wearing out within a year just because the sweat's eating them away. So if you look after your gear, put them out in the sun on the weekends, just get all your gear out, just pop it out outside in the sun, make a huge difference. Uh, if you want to go to extracurricular stuff, is get like a a, a, um, a Glen 20 just from the shop or some type of Glen 20 and just spray. Spray on the outside, spray on the inside and just try and kill off anything that's in there. Um, I'm sure there's other things that I'm not remembering, but if you train with someone and they smell or they're just, you know, their geese clearly being worn a bunch of times or they're being gross... Go and tell your coach, or you can even if you if you don't you know that's if you don't feel comfortable saying something to the person. If you know the person well, you should be able to say something to them. But if you don't know them well and you're a bit you know you don't know what to do, go and tell your coach and just say, look, I'm not trying to be a pain here, but you know, old mate over there, his gi looks like it's it's actually brown, but it's supposed to be white, and uh, you know I, I can't go in a few meters without dry reaching near him. Your coach should want to talk to that person anyway, so don't be that guy. And if you go with that person, um, don't feel don't feel afraid to say, "Look, I'm 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 going to sit this role out." I don't expect anyone to train with someone who's not properly prepared in in relation to hygiene. And it sounds like I'm being a bit crazy, but my goal is for everyone to be able to train every day. And we can't do that if some some grub that refuses to to look after themselves properly. Um, you know, passes over something to somebody else who, who doesn't realise they've got to pass it to someone else and before you know it, you know, a bunch of people can't train, a bunch of people are dealing with that. Um, you know, everyone's got families, no one wants to take anything home to them. So cleanliness is huge and it's not difficult, guys. Um, All right, guys, I apologise. We actually had some technical issues with the uh, previous recording that we uh, just up until now where you were listening to and I, uh, I lost the, the last 10 minutes or so of, uh, of this podcast so I apologize if you uh, notice the break or you notice the difference in in sound now um, it's a few days later I'm just gonna just gonna recap and, and finish this one up because I thought we covered some good stuff and I didn't want to didn't want to just uh, dump it and, and sort of try to recreate again so um, you know we just talked about personal hygiene and I wanted to finish up with with the hygiene at the academy and maybe what you as a student should expect from a place that you're going to train at, a particular place that you're going to you're going to pay to train at. You're going to you're going to pay with, with uh, you know with your hard-earned money. Hopefully, at a place where they've got the skill set to lead you in the right direction as far as your martial arts journey is concerned. But also, they're providing a a space that's safe and that's clean and is hygienic. So, just a little bit on on maybe what you could look for or, or what the sort of things that that I do here at Sydney West Martial Arts and that hopefully you could sort of expect from your, your training uh, environment as well. So as, as you know, that the mats is the place where we do a lot of our training. 
they have to, and I say this to everyone, treat them like it's your dinner plate. Uh, yeah, you might think, oh, I'm not going to stand alone my dinner plate, but within reason. So absolutely no shoes whatsoever. Um, we don't allow any shoes on our mats. That includes wrestling boots, um, all that sort of stuff. The amount of people that still wear their wrestling boots out in the car park or, or wherever, um, we just don't we don't do it at all. Plus, they they tend to damage the the mat, and um, you know what? Like not unless you're competing, unless you're actually competing in in, in freestyle wrestling. Uh, I don't see why you need to train in wrestling boots. So, um, you know, have a look at what shoe wear is being allowed or footwear is being allowed on the mats you train at. If you've got a place where maybe it's a shared space and you've got boxes or different guys doing stuff there and they just wear whatever shoes they've got on, you need to have a think about the fact that you're going to be wrestling with your face in that mat where someone that's been wearing their shoes out in out in the foot on the footpath and out in the public, um, it doesn't take a lot to work out the, the transfer there. Um, so the other thing is keeping with footwear. Uh, if if or when you, you go and use the bathroom, you go in there to wash your mouth guard, you go in there to wash your hands, you go in there to, to do a wee, whatever it is, have a shower. Um, have a pair of thongs that you stuff in your gym bag. They should uh, should not be going into any of the bathroom areas, and this is a big thing in the States as well. Definitely shouldn't be going into the bathroom areas really bare feet, and then coming back onto the mat from there bare feet. There's a general rule, it's a, it's a good thing to try and maintain. Um, we don't allow anyone to go into the bathrooms with, with bare feet. Um, you can come off the mat and around the mat area with with bare feet, but then if you're gonna if you're gonna um, go to the bathroom, throw your shoes on. Uh, the the mats should be cleaned either either day da, there should be a, some type of daily cleaning process and probably every second day at least mopping depending on the workload the mats get. Um, when it comes to mopping, it should be done every day the same way. It should be done consistently. It should be done with hot water. It should be done with disinfectant and detergent to kill any germs that are on those mats. Um, this is really important. It's it's something that takes time. It's definitely something that a lot of people don't feel like doing at the end of training, uh, as far as owners and, and, and coaches. But it's it's paramount. So our mats uh, now with the extra added classes, our our mats actually get mopped every day. So at night, once everyone else is pretty much gone, the last few students are here, we completely sweep them, and you'd be surprised how much hair gets picked up from around 200 square meters of mats, like we're talking a, a dustpan full full of leg hair and chest hair and back hair and who knows what whatever else hair. So there's a big build up of that. And then after that, um, they get fully uh, fully mopped with hot water with, with all the detergent. So <clears throat> these sort of things are what are gonna kill germs and, and stop bacteria and things from going on the mats. Um, you know, just general hygiene stuff. You should come in, the place should look tidy. There shouldn't be a bunch of stuff hanging around and. And, and, and just left out on the floor where people could trip over and, and uh, you know, dust accumulation, just general dirtiness there. Definitely lots of bins available for people to put their, their drink bottles and you know, excess tape and all that sort of stuff. Um, that sort of stuff should be emptied daily. You should be, at a, um, on the behalf of the, of the student, your job is to make sure you throw your drink bottles in the bin. Don't just get your finger tape off your hands and throw them on the floor, all that stuff needs to be picked up by someone and, and it just adds to the whole cleanliness of the space. Um, and, the, and then the, probably the other thing is is that you have a, a coaching staff, your academy, where they actually have hygiene as, a, as a, one of their high priorities, meaning um, 
they take the time to educate new people. They don't have an issue with pulling somebody up who is, for instance, walking on the mats. You know, we have the thing all the time where parents, they don't know. So you, sometimes they'll go to wander onto the mat with their shoes and you just need to give people a friendly, friendly reminder. Um, you, you tick all these boxes and what we do here with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and mixed martial arts, it's all a very, it is actually surprisingly clean. You can do very well. If, uh, if you don't adhere to all these, these rules, definitely that's when you see places that are known for being dirty and it's always the places where people are catching things like staff and ringworm and everything else. Um, so there's no need to be scared. If, you're a play, if your academy is looking after everything the way they should be and you're looking after everything how you should be and your training partners are, there's nearly no instances of anything. It's, it's, it's really quite surprising. Um, so hopefully if, if nothing else... Um, what we've talked about here makes a lot of sense. Maybe maybe the last thing is every now and again something happens. You, someone gets a scratch or somebody gets a bump and a cut. Any blood whatsoever, <clears throat> any blood whatsoever, make sure you stop training straight away. You, uh, your training partner was with you, checks all their, themselves to see if any of their, your blood got on them. Um, there should be a setup. What, what I've done since coming back from New York City and training at Marcelo's gym, they actually had a uh, paper towel and spray set up on the mats, so like against the on the wall, and that's just for any any cuts and any spills like that. You straight away grab that. It's hospital grade disinfectant. You spray the mat. You clean up any blood, and and before you know, it, you know everything's fine and, and right to go again. Um, it's not just a matter of oh I've got a bleed. No, should be able to finish the round. I'm going to tough it out. Uh, it's not a matter of being tough. It's not an option. It's the fact that you, you you're bleeding. You need to sort that out. So. Uh, even a small scratch on your finger, or there's nothing worse than someone else. You know, their white geese now covered in your blood. We're not, we're not here in a professional mixed martial arts contest where everyone's been checked for uh, you know, serology. That, that that's not the case. So um, very important. If if anyone is actually bleeding, that you stop straight away, and you get all that cleaned up and sorted, and, and then talk to your coach as to whether you're right to continue to roll or continue to train, or maybe you just have to sit off the rest of the rounds. Uh, I feel like I've covered m most of the ideas that I wanted to. I mean, I'm sure that there'll be something else that pops into my mind. But if we can all, if we can all sort of uh, jump in and help out as, as a family towards that goal of being a tidy, clean place, you'll really love your training and have no issues at all. If you're at a place that's filthy and nobody else cares about the hygiene as well, well, you know, you can work out from there where that where that leads to. So. Um, I hope you enjoyed today's little podcast. Hopefully next week we're going to get back to having a, a guest on. We've just had a couple of weeks here where things didn't quite go to plan. Um, next week's guest is quite exciting. I'm not going to mention any names yet, but uh, if it comes through, you guys should enjoy the next uh, the next podcast. Just to remind everyone, we do have our sponsor now. So we're sponsored by Endless, uh, EndlessCombat.com. And if you jump on there and if you use the promo code HEATLOCKER10, you get a 10% discount off whatever you buy. So uh, keep that in mind. We're also doing a giveaway for this podcast. So whoever so, so to, to be eligible, you have to share. Um, you have to follow us on SoundCloud and you have to share this on your Facebook, on your social media. And uh, we're just going to find out everyone who, who shared it. And if you just use the hashtag um, HeatLocker, that would be handy for us to find it. And uh, you know this is still a work in progress, but we're going to find out who's who's supporting us, who's sharing this around, and uh, we're going to randomly pick out a winner, and, and you'll get a rash guard. And, and like I said, I trained in these rash guards, and they're actually very nice. So they look good and they feel nice as well. So thanks to those guys. 
Um, that would be it for me uh, here at Sydney West, and uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.